Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Hoping to have Bryce Kuhn in uh, from GoJackets.com to help us preview what's going to be a very interesting edition of Clean Old Fashioned Hate that we're going to see on Saturday. Um, it's going to be a very interesting setup for this game. Obviously, Georgia trying to finish off its regular season with a 12-0 mark, having Georgia Tech come into town. I was kind of surprised looking at this game. Obviously, you know the success Georgia's had this year. But to see uh, the line at 35 and a half, I think that speaks to um, what we uh, have seen all year from Georgia, the expectations with Georgia coming back home, uh, trying to finish off the regular season undefeated, uh, have a shot to uh, be undefeated in the regular season for the second straight year. Uh, 12-0 and 0, uh, back-to-back years will be the first time in program history that's ever happened uh, but we're going to take this podcast to talk a little bit about this game talk a little bit about the matchup talk about what we expect to see and um, you know I'll give a prediction a little bit later on on what I think about this game something very interesting we're recording on Wednesday morning uh, that uh, I think is going to come into play and uh, anyone out there who uh, you know wants to put a little money on this game I think that's something to consider with that line um, there's like a 70% chance of rain in Athens uh, as of Wednesday morning. And uh, I think that would have a real effect on this game. I made a joke on the Junkyard Dogcast, uh, on the uh, Junkyard, I should say, on uh, the message board just saying, well, this is going to help that triple option team. Uh, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, Georgia Tech doesn't run the triple anymore. Uh, this uh, is going to be really an interesting Game, I think if the weather is a factor, I do think that that helps Georgia Tech's chances. Obviously, I still think Georgia's going to be in good shape coming back home, trying to finish uh, the regular season with another win. Uh, I got to say, this is, to me, the most interesting matchup between these two teams, probably since the ball, uh, the Paul Johnson era. Um, you know, I think that, uh, and again, I was, I was gone for a few years, so I didn't cover some of those Jeff Collins matchups, but uh, the thing that really strikes me is that this is a Georgia Tech team that, as uh, hard as it might be to believe, has a little bit of momentum. You know, beat North Carolina on the road last week, uh, had a chance um, to, you know, really shut them down. I mean, I, I think for all intents and purposes, they pretty much put an end to the Drake May Heisman hype. You know, he was a guy that had the stats. You know, I know last week I saw people on Twitter. Uh, very rightfully so, bringing up his numbers, comparing them to guys like Caleb Williams, uh, some of the other uh, players, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. And Drake May, I think, had a really good argument. Uh, then you host the Georgia Tech team with an interim coach that you know you would think is kind of just easing through what's left of this season and didn't play very well. I think they had less than 100 yards in that second half. <laughs> it's kind of hard to make that argument that you uh, have a shot at winning the Heisman. But um, very fascinating just to see what we see from Georgia Tech. This is a team that started off really rough, fires Jeff Collins. And, you know, I think give a lot of credit to Brent Key, which is what Kirby Smart has done these first two days of this week when talking about Georgia Tech. They're four and three. You know, they are, you know, on the cusp of being bowl eligible. They would have to beat Georgia in order for that to happen. Um, but they played a lot better. You know, I've had a chance to watch them a little bit since Brent Key took over. Um, you know, I, there's been a few duds. I mean, losing to Miami looked really, really rough in that Virginia game. And 
I am curious if he winds up getting in the mix for this full-time job. Um, but uh, I think that uh, it's a situation where Georgia Tech's going to have a lot to play for. And I actually asked Kirby about that uh, on Monday. Uh, the fact that they need a win. They have not been to a bowl since 2018, which was Paul Johnson's last season. And, uh, you know, he said Kirby said that they would mention that to the players, essentially that, you know, Georgia Tech does have something to play for other than just this being a big rivalry. And uh, that, uh, uh, but, you know, the focus, he said, was on themselves, not on, you know, what Georgia Tech has to play for. It's about uh, Georgia and, and taking care of business again, being back between the hedges. Uh, it, it's something I didn't really consider coming into this week, but a really interesting aspect of this game, when you look at it from the Georgia perspective, is how many guys on this staff have played in this game. I mean, we all know Kirby Smart did. He's talked about that before, you know, having lost to Tech while he was at Georgia, um, you know, and I think he's relayed that to his players, but also Will Muschamp, Mike Bobo, uh, as was brought up last night. I think it was uh, Chris Smith that was talking about it. Jonas Jennings, you know, one of the directors of player development. Uh, he played in this rivalry. A lot of people on the Georgia side, know what it's like and a few of them who aren't happy to say this they know what it's like to lose in this game and they understand you know not trying to be punny but the sting of losing a georgia tech and what that means and sort of what that entails for 365 days so you have to go do it again and you know that that's something that uh, you know georgia has not lost in this game since 2016 and, you know, I think that that was a big deal for some of those guys coming back. I mean, they, uh, um, you know, Nick Chubb talked about this after the fact that, you know, losing to Georgia Tech in Athens in 2016, that was part of why he decided he wanted to come back. But, you know, he didn't want it basically to end that way for to walk off the field in Sanford Stadium having lost to Georgia's biggest in-state rival and one of their biggest rivals as a whole. Um, I do think that carries weight. And, you know, there's a lot of guys uh, on both rosters. I'm sure there are guys that know each other. A lot of guys from both rosters from this state that understand this rivalry. You know, uh, um, I think they understand that it, it seems like to me, and, you know, I think fans of, of Georgia have different perspectives, different feelings on who their biggest rival is. Um, and I've seen this point made on Twitter, and I think this is the case. I don't think Georgia Tech is necessarily Georgia's biggest rival. Um, I think admire of growing up and watching these games, I, you know, ma mainly in the early 2000s. Um, I would say Florida was probably Georgia's biggest rival during that time. But I think most fans would agree that losing to Georgia Tech is the, the loss that uh, stings the most, that they don't want to happen the most. That if you say um, it's not so much beating Tech, but it's the years that Georgia Tech does beat Georgia. Um, that uh, it makes it harder to swallow and maybe a little bit tougher than like a Florida or an Auburn or a Tennessee. And, uh, you know, I think that's the case. But this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Uh, you look at Georgia Tech, something that is going to be very fascinating to watch on Saturday, again, with this weather, is how they kind of go about their quarterback play. They went with two quarterbacks, the Clemson transfer, as well as Zach Gibson against North Carolina. And it worked really well. You know, Zach Gibson, uh, Kirby talked about this on Monday. Uh, felt like he's improved as a passer. You know, they've they've kind of been all over the place as far as quarterbacks. They've, thrown, they've played four different quarterbacks this year. Uh, Jeff Sims, who was a starter, I don't think he's uh, 
you know, not uh, really with the team anymore. It kind of sounds like he's eventually going to transfer once whatever coaching move is made. Um, but to to have two different guys with two different skill sets they put in, uh, I think that is going to be a challenge. And that's going to be something different that Georgia hasn't had to deal with this year. So it's uh, it, it's going to be something to watch as far as the offense. And then, two on the other side, a lot of credit due to Andrew Thacker and that defense. They've done a very good job this year. Um, and what really strikes me, we were talking about it among the other writers, Georgia Tech does a really good job of creating turnovers. And you know, on the whole, I don't think Georgia's offense has been prone to a lot of turnovers. Uh, you know, they're, they're coming off a game where I think, uh, I'm trying to remember, I think there was only the one interception uh, thrown by Stetson. But, you know, this is a team that if they get an opportunity to create turnovers, they're going to do it. And uh, I believe that, uh, that uh, Georgia understands that and that uh, Georgia gets that, um, you know, the Georgia Tech defense is really opportunistic. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about what it means for Brent Key. You know, this is something that I'm going to write about, um, probably going to be on Friday. Yeah, this is something of uh, sort of a new setup to this game where you've got an alum as the head coach, albeit Brent Key is just the interim head coach, on both sides. This will be the first time since 1927 that the head coach at Georgia is an alum of Georgia and the head coach at Georgia Tech is an alum of Georgia Tech. And, you know, Kirby talked about that it kind of just means more in games like this. I mean, and, and also just leading a program as a whole if you played there, if you sort of understand the expectations. And, you know, Brent Key has won practically everywhere he's been. It was at UCF with George O'Leary, his former head coach, and was very successful down there. Uh, Spent time as the offensive line coach at Alabama. Obviously, that was a very successful time in Tuscaloosa as well. And, you know, I'm fascinated to see what kind of opportunity that uh, Brent Key winds up getting. If he has a legitimate shot uh, as the head coach, um, or what what he what happens if he does not, if he stays, uh, you know, on the flats, or if he decides that he's going to go elsewhere, and uh, you know, I think he's got a bright future just based on what they've done. They've beaten two top twenty five teams um, when they were floundering. I mean, uh, you know, the way they started the year, only only beating Western Carolina. Um, that was only when Jeff Collins got before he was shown the door. Um, it's it's a really tough situation that I think Brent Key has walked in, and it hasn't been perfect. Again, I mentioned some of those games that they've dropped. But he, uh, I think he's done a, a commendable job. I think he's kind of going to have his work cut out for him on Saturday. Um, but I, I think that uh, he's done a really good job, and it's going to make for a very interesting game on Saturday. Um, there's definitely interesting pieces to consider when it comes to this game from the Georgia side. You know, it still doesn't sound like uh, A.D. Mitchell. I'd be surprised if he would be available, although it does sound like he's taking steps in the right direction. Kirby Smart talked to reporters last night uh, on Tuesday night and um, said that, uh, uh, you know, A.D. is doing more than he has the last few weeks. He's gotten a few reps, uh, but, you know, he still was very hesitant to say, you know, that he. Uh, thought he'd be ready to play on Saturday. Uh, you know, he, he kind of stuck with the line that he's used throughout the year about injuries and say, you know, hopeful, hopeful that uh, one of the players who's injured is going to be back. Um, so not having AD, obviously, is going to be something to watch and seeing if he at least, you know, dresses out, maybe tries to warm up before the game. 
And, uh, you know, too, this is a big opportunity for a lot of people um, that, uh, you know, seeing so many seniors get to go to this game. And also, um, you know, there are guys that may be honored on Saturday who wind up deciding to come back. You know, Kirby talked about that on Monday and said, you know, it's not so much like a senior class when it comes to honoring players at senior day last home game, but it's kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. You know, you got fifth-year seniors, you got um, guys who – Maybe on the fence and, you know, maybe honored and wind up coming back, which I believe is what happened last year. But, you know, that's nothing new. I mean, that's something we've seen um, from schools all around the country in the aftermath of uh, the COVID year and getting that extra year of eligibility. But, uh, you know, I do think it means a lot to these guys. And I think it means a lot not only to these seniors, but I think the younger guys get it. You know, we talked to Broderick Jones last night, uh, one of the offensive tackles, and he said, you know, that practice this week everybody has kind of ramped it up you know that they understand they want these guys to go out um, not only with a win but think about two perfect seasons as far as playing in Sanford Stadium and you know being one of the one I think they would become the winning the winningest class if they're able to win on Saturday um, and, and just all the accomplishments I think people understand even if this rivalry has been very one-sided these last few years, I think Georgia Tech scored a total of like seven points in the last two games. Uh, I think they do understand sort of what I was talking about earlier, the fact that, you know, uh, uh, you, this is a game that, you know, you win it and you move on, but if you lose, you're going to hear about it and it's it's not going to go away. Uh, and I think that that resonates with the players. And I think that there's been something of a concerted effort with – Kirby Smart and the staff, again, noting that uh, these guys uh, have uh, played in this rivalry. A lot of these guys have, Kirby and Mike Bobo, Will Muschamp, several others. Uh, they're, they've done a good job, it sounds like, of letting the players know what this rivalry means, um, what it means to take care of business against an in-state rival and to keep those bragging rights as Georgia has had them since the 2017 season. So we'll go to a quick break, come back, talk a little bit about Things that I think we're going to see on Saturday, and then I'll uh, wrap this uh, episode up uh, with uh, my pick and what I think is going to happen. Welcome back, everybody. Well, yeah, looking at this game at noon on Saturday, I think you have to understand uh, that the weather is going to be a factor, that uh, this is going to be a situation um, where, you know, may not be dealing with the wind like Georgia was in that Kentucky game. Um, but it, it is going to be a situation where uh, maybe they run the ball a lot more. And I do think that could be uh, something of a boost for Georgia. You know, I thought they ran the ball really well against Kentucky. Kenny McIntosh has a career day on the ground. And see if they can get those guys going again, Kenny, and also Dejon Edwards, and see some more of Kendall Milton. You know, I think that him getting stopped on the goal line there, I'm sure that was something of a setback for him as he's, uh, work to to get back and, and to play a bigger role after dealing with injuries. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see those guys really keep it on the ground and, and try to push a Georgia Tech uh, defense that, you know, it's given them up about 4.4 yards per carry. Um, you know, I think that there is opportunity there. And um, I, I think the biggest thing to me when it comes to this game is Georgia not getting in its own way. And I think that's sort of been – the standard and sort of my talking point for this team all season when it's gotten in trouble um, more often than not, it's been, you know, with turnovers, you talk about the Missouri game, talk about the, the early start against Kent state Kentucky game was a little bit different. I mean, there wasn't really 
those turnover issues per se. It was more of just not being able to finish drives, obviously getting down to the goal line, not being able to score. And then the defense held, held, held. And then at the very end, you know, it seemed like Will Levis and those guys for the Wildcats kind of got going. Um, but to me, if Georgia wins a turnover battle or even, you know, it, it winds up uh, tied in the turnover battle, I think that if you tell me, you know, the game happens on Saturday, but I'm not watching, and you say, well, uh, the turnover battle it wound up being even, then I, I feel like Georgia's going to win this one. Pretty much going away, Georgia Tech's going to have to get some help as far as turnovers and finding a way to steal possessions because, you know, I, I do kind of think Kentucky had the right idea last week of having those long, drawn-out possessions, which you saw really more in the first half than the second half. But the problem is if you don't score, well, you just threw 11, 12 minutes off the clock, you know, and did that multiple times. And, you know, you've got to have time to, to score and, and to find points, which, again, they, they, they did uh, credit to Kentucky. They were able to do that with their backs very much against the wall in that fourth quarter. But that's probably the way Georgia Tech needs to do this. And um, it's going to be something that uh, I'm really fascinated just to see what this Georgia Tech offense is able to do just because, I mean, we know what this Georgia defense is. You go look at all the individual awards that are up there. Go look at the situation. Um, plenty of good defenders. I think plenty of guys that even if they uh, didn't grow up in Georgia, you know, we talked to Jamon Dumas Johnson and uh, he talked about learning about this rivalry and, um, you know, again, pointed to guys like Coach Smart who have really uh, made it clear to the players what it means. And, uh, you know, I think having this game at home and uh, even though, you know, Georgia usually travels quite well uh, when the game's in Bobby Dodd, uh, but I, I think there is going to be, some real interest in finishing uh, this regular season strong. Um, I, I don't really think just with what's at stake for Georgia and also understanding what's at stake for Georgia Tech. You know, they may not say a lot about it as far as the Georgia side, but I think Georgia would enjoy preventing Georgia Tech from going bowling. And, you know, if Georgia Tech somehow won this game, you know, that would be huge for Brent Key. I mean, I think you would have to argue if that happened, he deserves a full-time job. So you can't say, you know, well, Georgia Tech's just going to try to ease through this season. Um, and you think about, too, if if that were to happen, you know, Key could get the full-time job. They would go bowling, which gives them extra practices, which if he's the full-time head coach, that would be humongous um, in trying to sort of evaluate where this roster is and, and get guys more reps, things of that nature. Um, but I don't see that happening. You know, to me, um, I think that uh, the weather is going to play a factor. I don't think that Georgia is just going to, you know, put up 52 like we've seen the last few years. But I do think Georgia is going to win this one going away. Uh, I'm going to say Georgia is going to beat Georgia Tech 38-7 to on Saturday. Uh, I just think a situation, uh, no surprise, but Georgia's got more talent. And playing at home, um, playing in a game where a lot of seniors will be on the field in Sanford Stadium for the last time, I, I think people understand. The task at hand, um, I do think this Georgia Tech team deserves a lot of credit because after the way they started, um, after taking the losses they did early, it could have gotten ugly. I think before the season I said they would wind up 3-9 and nine or 4-8. and eight. And to be knocking on a bowl at this point with an interim head coach, kudos to them, but don't see it going well uh, on Saturday, and I think Georgia wins this one by 31. Before I wrap up this episode, 
Um, got to do my men's basketball minute. You know, a lot of uh, good feelings after the win over St. Joseph's on Monday. Um, it was a very, very strong first half. Certainly the best first half of Georgia basketball I've seen since Mark Fox uh, was uh, coaching this team. Uh, but, you know, they they played really well in the first half, you know, dominated on defense. Second half, very much lagged off um, and held on for dear life, and they still won by double digits. So, you know, it was, a, it was still a pretty good win. Tuesday, they play UAB, and, um, you know, it was a situation where they played great in the first half, wound up taking the lead right before halftime um, in a – uh, very back and forth first 20 minutes. Justin Hill hits an excellent shot just before the buzzer. And then the second half, it was almost, you know, exactly what we saw in the uh, second half against St. Joseph's. You know, UAB scores uh, 10 of the second half's first 12 points, and that was about all she wrote. So Georgia loses that game to UAB, which not necessarily surprised. Uh, I think that UAB team is really good. I think Andy Kennedy's doing a really good job. I think the Blazers are going to be an NCAA tournament team. Um, and there are a lot of good feelings, I think. You know, we just looking at our board, looking at the junkyard. Uh, people were pretty fired up after that St. Joseph's game. I still feel pretty good about where this team is early on in the year. Uh, I believe they're 4-2 and two at this point. Um, but still a long ways to go. Their offense just has so many spurts where there's two, two and a half minutes where there's just no points. And you can't do that, especially with some of the competition Georgia's playing right now, because it's only going to get tougher. And uh, they're going to be back and play East Tennessee State on Sunday, but they've got some big games in December going to Georgia Tech. Uh, they'll play Notre Dame and State Farm Arena. Um, they're going to get tested. And, uh, you know, before the season, I said 15 and 16 uh, would be their final record. I think five wins in the SEC is what I said. I still feel pretty good about that. I don't see it. Uh, uh, changing. Uh, I still think that the team they've got is a lot more talented than last year, and uh, but I just am not sure that they've got the bigs. I don't think they have the size once we get an SEC play. Um, you know, I think it's something that uh, is definitely a good start. You know, I, I don't think anyone expected Mike White and those guys to pop in here and uh, you know automatically turn this into an NCAA tournament team, but. They're off to a good start, and I think they've done a good job. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, things are looking pretty good on that front. So we're going to wrap it up there. Appreciate everybody for watching and listening. Make sure, if you are listening to this, go check out the Black Friday sale that Dogs247 has going on right now. 75% off a VIP membership. No better time to jump on. You get that deal. And as long as Georgia keeps taking care of business, you get to get all the intel that we're sharing on another playoff run. And I think Georgia's in great shape to make it uh, to the playoff and see what they can do as they try to make it back-to-back championships, which obviously is easier said than done. But make sure and go take care of that deal and, and take full advantage uh, as we get ready for what makes, uh, you know, very much looks like a very exciting December for Georgia football. So we'll wrap it up right there. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving, has a chance to to kind of relax and spend some time with your family, maybe watch a little football on the way. Um, but uh, keep an eye out these next few days. We'll have plenty of content and stories about Georgia, Georgia Tech, getting ready for this game on Saturday. And then obviously follow along on Saturday as we uh, cover that game and 
get uh, to Sanford Stadium for the last time this season. It's pretty crazy to think that uh, this will be it for 2022, but uh, been a very fun season to this point. I'm sure Saturday will not disappoint. So I'll sign off there. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. And until next time, take care.